I do not suffer from insanity. I enjoy every minute. My name is Andrea, and this is Adult Child. Welcome back to Adult Child, where we take a deep dive into the impact of growing up in a dysfunctional family. How the hell are y'all doing? I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I'm sure it was uh, challenging for some of you guys. I know that this time of the year can be hard, especially for adult children, for those of us who have dysfunctional families. Um, I've definitely had my fair share of of shit show holidays. But I'm also hoping that maybe some of you had some some victories. Uh, perhaps you were able to apply, you know, stuff that you've learned on your healing journey to have a more pleasant experience with your family. So if any of you guys had any victories, I'd love to hear about that. So please share that. Uh, so today, we are diving deep into step two of the ACA program came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Andrea, are you inferring that I am crazy? Yes, I am. And to make you feel even crazier, you're just getting me today. How the hell are you feeling about that? You're welcome or I'm sorry, whichever is an applicable response for you. Uh, So I did a solo episode on step one about two months ago. And I asked for y'all's feedback on that. And some of you said, give me more, girl. Give me more of that. So if you're not feeling this, you can just blame those people, okay? So as I said in the step one episode, there are so many tools and resources related to adult child recovery. And the 12 steps of ACA are just one of those many tools, If you are not in a 12-step program or have any desire to be in one or think that they are weird cults, what we are talking about today is still very relevant and beneficial to you as these steps, these principles within the steps can be applied to your own life and your own healing journey. I also just want to reiterate, as I said in step one, I do not represent the ACA program in any capacity. I do not speak on behalf of them. And everything coming out of this yapper today is based off my own opinions, my own experience. So you can take what you want and leave the rest. Uh, But before we get into all that, I meant to do this last week. I just want to give my thanks and extend my gratitude to each and every one of you. Uh, We hit a pretty big milestone. I love we. You know, it's just me, but it's a we thing, guys. We're This is our podcast. But we, me, hit a pretty significant milestone uh, today. 100,000 downloads. Holy crap. Um, and 27,000 of those just being in the month of November. And that is because of each and every one of you poor and fortunate souls. How have you been listening to me? Thank you for listening to me. Thank you for supporting me and this podcast and for being an adult child and for growing up in a fucked up dysfunctional family. 
you know, this has just been the most amazing and surreal experience. I was I was interviewed yesterday for um, another podcast. I'll let you know when it drops. But I was just talking about this whole experience and I started to I started to cry a little bit, you know, and y'all know my journey and how I got here. And, you know, this is not just like another true crime podcast. I love true crime podcast. I have a recommendation recommendation for one I just listened to. It's called Hello, Bobby. No, it's called Sweet Bobby. Um, it's about like catfishing. It's really damn good. Go check that out. But true crime podcasts are great. Not trying to diminish them. Um, but this is a little different. This podcast is the result of many, many years of pain and suffering. And, you know, me hitting my bottom related to my alcoholism and me suffering from broken picker syndrome for years, you know, and hitting my adult child bottom you know, and then having part of that bottom be this realization of, of how I had been selling myself short in life and embarking on this journey to discover my true calling to figure out why the fuck I was put on this earth. And that has led me to creating this podcast. And here we be, y'all. Me being my authentic and raw and vulnerable and at times weird self And I just want to say I've never felt so heard, so seen, so grateful, so fulfilled. My heart and my soul are so very full because of, you know, each and every damn one of you. And I view this as much more than a podcast. I view this as a movement. I view this as our movement. And this is about way more than just being an adult child of a dysfunctional family. This is about way more than just healing the pain of the past. This is about transforming from shit shows to badasses and embracing the pain of the past, being grateful for the pain of the past, coming to see that pain as the biggest blessings we've ever received and living as our vulnerable, authentic, perfectly imperfect selves. So I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. I am truly so grateful for all of you. And uh, please give me a damn five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, please. I know that there's a bunch of people who have just discovered the pod from hearing me on the Mental Illness Happy Hour podcast. So welcome aboard this runaway train. But in order to keep your seat, you must give me a five-star rating on Apple Podcast, please. The only way to get what you want is to become a human yourself. My dear sweet child, that's what I do. It's what I live for. To help unfortunate merfolk like yourself. Poor souls with no one else to turn to. I admit that in the past I've been a nasty They weren't kidding when they called me well a witch But you'll find that nowadays I've mended all my ways Repented, seen the light and made a switch True? Yes Alright, so before we dive into step two Let's just have a quick little recap on step one We admitted we were powerless over the effects of alcoholism Or other feeling dysfunction And that our lives had become unmanageable So this is about lifting the veil of denial, admitting that our families was is dysfunctional and how this dysfunction has had a devastating impact on our thinking and behavior as adults. So a few weeks ago, I made a little video for social media about the three types of adult children. 
the first type being the adult child who doesn't know they're an adult child. They either don't realize that they grew up in a dysfunctional family, or if they are privy to this information, they don't think it impacted them in a significant way. And these are the people who are clueless that the challenges and the pain that they repeatedly experience in adulthood is the direct result of their childhood, as was the case for me for many years. So then we have type two, the adult child who knows they're an adult child, but they aren't willing to do the work needed to heal. And this could be for a variety of reasons, right? So one could be that they know that healing will be painful and they don't think they're strong enough to handle it, or they think that they can just fix this shit on their own, or they know that healing will require talking about their childhood, which they view as a form of betrayal to their families. And then we have the third type. This is the type you want to be, y'all. The adult child who knows that they're an adult child who's willing to do the hard yet deeply rewarding work to heal the pain of the past. They are determined to break the cycle of family dysfunction. They know that, yes, healing will be painful, but that eventually we will get to the other side of that pain, which is a whole hell of a lot better than living in the perpetual pain that we will endure if we choose not to look at this shit. Now, I don't know if it's possible to go directly from type one to type three. I think that this type two is just a normal part of the process. Uh, In the step one episode, we talked about this, about this process of going from awareness to acceptance, that we become aware that we're adult children, that the unresolved past is the cause of our present day pain, but how this awareness does not immediately result into acceptance. We typically sit in this uncomfortableness and this pain of this newfound awareness And if we're lucky, this pain will become great enough and this will become the fuel to coming to a place of acceptance that we cannot fix this shit on our own and that we need help. So we've arrived now at step two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Now, let's just take the whole God higher power piece out of this. What this step is saying is that we come to believe that change is possible, that we come to believe that healing is a possibility for us. And you know what? This can seem like a rather tall feat, uh, considering that the core belief for so many adult children is this belief that we are inherently flawed and unfixable. But the fact of the matter is, no, you are not. You are not inherently flawed and unfixable. You're an adult child. And there are so many adult children out there who have been in the exact same shoes as you, who have felt just as hurt and broken as you, who have been equally convinced that they are inherently flawed and unfixable, who have managed to heal and recover. So the proof is in the pudding. And I don't know why I just said that. Sorry, guys, I'm not going to say that phrase again. (laughs) So um, if you're still not on board, this is what I need from you. I just need you to be willing to believe that I believe that healing is a possibility for you. Can you at least give me that? If you can't, I don't I don't know what to tell you. I'm just a fucking podcast host. Okay, 
So I'm going to read to you a little passage from the ACA Red Book for the section on step two. I think this does a good job of kind of explaining what the hell is going on here. When I first read step two, the notion of being restored to sanity confused me. Yet, I remained quiet and continued to work the step and got some benefits anyway. I agree that the insanity I practiced as an adult child in drug addiction and compulsive behaviors had actually been accepted by me as sane behavior. Being a people-pleasing male, my denial allowed me to act irresponsibly. Sometimes I acted dangerously without comprehending another way to live. As I remained in the program and studied the steps, it slowly dawned on me that I had never really known sanity to begin with. My family of origin, with its cursings, belittlement, and threats of abuse, was not an atmosphere that would produce a healthy person with a sane view of life. My distorted view of sanity was not totally insane, but it was not sane either. By working step two, I first found clarity and then sanity. I gained clarity about the level of abuse I had grown accustomed to. With such clarity, I glimpsed real sanity for the first time. I realized today that I have a choice of handling situations in an insane manner, such as cursing, shaming, and blaming, or a sane manner with feelings, prayer, and asking for help. I am being restored to clarity, and I am finding sanity for the first time as well. So, the the spiritual principles of of step two are clarity and open mindedness. So, in, before we can get clarity on sanity, we got to get clarity on insanity. So, let's talk about insanity, or more specifically, why a dysfunctional family is essentially a cannibalistic cult. So, the other day, I was on the old YouTube, and there's this guy. His name is Jerry Rice. He has a channel on there. I'll include his link, the link to it in the bio. He has a ton of amazing content that is very adult child applicable. And so I came across one of his videos the other day and it was titled, Dysfunctional Families Eat Their Own. Are you being cannibalized by your family of origin? Uh, so in the video, he's explaining about how there's this emotional cannibalization that is going on within a dysfunctional family that they eat their own by creating pain and unhealthy patterns and dynamics, you know, these emotional and mental imprints, and then subsequently passing that along to the next generation. And what gets eaten is the true self. The dysfunction stays alive and thriving by devouring the truest and highest selves of the family members. And I just want to say this one line in it. This was not meant to be funny, but I thought that this was hilarious. He says, it's time to stop being eaten and time to stop eating your family and your kids and become your authentic self. Okay, so stop eating your family and your kids. So he also talks about the similarities between a dysfunctional family and a cult. And then it all made sense why I've always been so obsessed with you know, cults and Scientology and documentaries about them because I'm actually a survivor of one. So I want to touch upon five similarities. So number one would be brainwashing. You know, the core problem of the adult child is this brainwashing, these faulty beliefs and fears that are ingrained in us as kids. Number two, roles. You know, we are placed into these roles, the hero, the scapegoat, the mascot, the lost child, 
And we are expected to play these roles. We are expected to act in accordance with these. And oftentimes we continue to play these roles, you know, in adulthood. Number three, the family is paranoid about the outside world's perception of them. This is the don't talk rule. Do not let anybody know what's actually going on within the family. Everyone must think that we're perfectly happy and healthy. Number four, the family relies on shame and fear to keep the family members sucked in and keep the dysfunction alive and thriving. And then the last thing is family members are often delegitimized and or penalized when we break away from the dysfunction and seek help and healing. And this last piece, you know, being delegitimized or penalized when we try to get healthy, I think that is just one of the most insidious, you know, aspects of this disease. And I think I may have read this before. Uh, I can't remember, but it is so powerful and really beautifully illustrates the insanity within a dysfunctional family. And so this is from Tion Dayton's book, Emotional Sobriety. Those in the system who have the clarity or courage to act as whistleblowers who attempt to reveal the truth of the family pathology may be perceived by the family, which is steeped in denial, as in some way problematic. Naming the dysfunctional behavior becomes the sin, not the dysfunctional behavior itself. These family members may be cut off, humiliated, or even hated if they get too close to the truth, though most of this may be unconscious. Simply bringing up the family's problems causes other family members who cannot or will not see their own pathology to want to kill the messenger. Again, the message, the truth threatens their survival as a system. And, you know, I, ha I have experienced this firsthand and I'm sure a lot of y'all have too. You know, part of adult child recovery is no longer participating in the dysfunction. But that doesn't mean that you know, we have to cut our families off completely. I mean, some of us may, but not all of us. And, you know, one thing I talk about and have been working through with my therapist is, you know, detaching and not participating in the dysfunction, but also not participating in the family denial. And I think the best way I can describe what I mean is that I'm not going to ignore the elephant in the room. I will make note of the elephant that is part of my reality, but I am not going to go over to the elephant and try to pick it up and try to carry this 2,000 pound animal on my back outside to a nice little piece of grass. But unfortunately, what can happen when we acknowledge the elephant is that our families will lash out, they will say hurtful things, they will try to hurt us, they will try to punish us. But in my opinion, you know, that beats living in the denial and not acknowledging my own reality. So I posed the question to you all. I posted it in my Patreon and on Instagram. What does insanity related to the disease of family dysfunction look like or mean to you? And I got some great responses. So I'm going to read some of these in lieu of not having a guest or interview today. So first off, we have M. She gave us two. Number one, going into my mom's bedroom one morning at six years old and finding a naked mystery man in her bed asleep with her. And number two, my dad showing my 14-year-old self a cock ring during a party at our home and making jokes with his friends about whether I knew what it was. And next we have from Dana. 
After my dad refused to acknowledge, apologize, or simply take ownership of his abuse, I proposed, and he gladly agreed, we never speak of the past again because we'll never agree. Last month and 22 years later, my therapist helped me see that this is so messed up. Recently, I uncovered some memories that made the thought of interacting with him at all simply unbearable. After only one text unanswered, he went on a campaign with all other family members trying to figure out why I am mad and non-responsive. Did he ever text, call, or email me directly? Nope, not once. I mean, why go to the stores? Next, we have Adela. My dad telling my 16 or 17-year-old me how hot his new wife was, and he compared her body to the teenage fast food worker in the drive-thru and showing me a poor quality picture of her. I told him that one, the pic was too dark to see, and two, I'm not a lesbian, so I don't know if she was hot. Next for Marina. My mother always gets upset if something she says upsets me. For example, when I told her that I was getting a divorce and tried to explain to her the abuse I went through, she asked me how was my husband feeling about the situation. Being broken and in emotional pain, I replied that she shouldn't care how a person that hurt me feels, which made her cry because, quote, she was just trying to help. Next, we have David bumming a smoke off my dad's hooker. Rick, one night, my dad got super drunk and out of control. Our mother was scared for our lives, so she snuck us out the back door and had my aunt pick us up one block away. My dad got so mad, he nailed the windows and doors shut so we couldn't come back. Next, we have Jetsy. With my wedding plans taking shape, my mother said she'd like to throw a gathering dinner at her apartment the night before, the evening commonly reserved for the rehearsal dinner. I told her that I would rather do something else instead. Her reply? You don't have to come. This isn't about you. And that's how that went. Another one from Jetsy. After I quit drinking and using, I put on weight. Well, my mother never expressed concern over my alcohol or drug abuse, me being fat crossed a line she couldn't bear. She sent my dad in to do her bidding to tell me that they were concerned. Sadly, he obliged. Where was the concern for their daughter who was spiraling in addiction? Where was their relief when she was clear-eyed and feeling joy again? For the first time in my life, I set a real boundary and cut off communication with them for about two months, which was very difficult and painful. When I agreed to meet my mother and try to mend our relationship, she never apologized, but justified herself that with the extra weight, she just misses my pretty face. Oh, Jetsy. <laughs> I think you guys know this, but you know the laughter comes from a place of of, of being able to relate and not making light of a matter. Uh, and then from uh, Mountain Moon, when they ask why we can't just have a nice time where we don't talk about family issues, but we literally never talk about the family issues. And now for Danielle, same gossip, discussion, cyclical thoughts over and over with no change. Now we have Paige. This is one of my favorites that I received. Once I went insane due to family dysfunction and emptied a bottle of ranch all over the room. For anyone who doesn't know, I am a condiment whore. So, um, wow, what a waste of ranch. Russ, continually falling back into the trap of trying to change them. Michelle, thinking I don't deserve good things. 
Steve, lack of choice. Kara, believing the lie that shame tells you. I thought it was interesting how some people chose to answer it um, as insanity within the dysfunctional family system, like insane scenes and memories from childhood. And then some people chose to answer it as far as the the insanity that we experience, you know, within ourselves. You know, the insanity within ourselves manifests in so many ways. You know, the laundry list is a good example of all of this. So in the Big Red Book, it says the insanity we speak of in step two refers to our continued efforts beyond all reasons to heal or fix our family of origin through our current relationships. And I think that this could be summed up more simply as just self-harm, unconscious self-harm. You know, one of the most powerful passages in the Big Red Book is when it talks about how we subconsciously seek out situations in order to feel shame and pain. It says, as odd as it sounds, many of us seemed addicted to shame or abandonment. Since we grew up with an orientation to fear, shame, and abandonment, we seek out situations that recreate these feelings in ourselves. Adult children seem to seek the thing they dread the most because it is familiar. And this was a real, you know, holy shit moment for me. It wasn't just that I had a broken picker or horrible taste in men. There was this soul sickness inside of me that was seeking out these relationships to make me feel like shit and to reaffirm these faulty beliefs and fears festering within me. You know, it, it is essentially self-cannibalization. But the beautiful news is that we can stop eating ourselves. We can stop eating our family and our kids and ourselves by coming to believe that a power greater than ourselves can restore us to sanity. So the God thing, the whole higher power thing, tends to be the thing that turns people off from 12-step programs. You know, that's never been an issue for me. And I get the sense that most of y'all out there are on board with the whole higher power thing. But for anyone who is struggling with this piece, what I want to say is that this step is not saying we came to believe that praying twice a day and going to church every Sunday could restore us to sanity. It is saying we came to believe that A, we are worthy of a happy and healthy life, and B, we can get there by seeking help. And this help we seek, in essence, is a power greater than ourselves. You know, this includes God or a higher power or the universe. This includes 12-step programs. Uh, therapy, I think, could be an example of a higher power. Not our therapist, but the therapeutic process that goes on. I think this podcast is an example of a higher power. I'm not saying that I'm a higher power, but the conversations had the messages, the shared experience of being an adult child. That is a form of a power greater than ourselves. And we may be powerless over our dysfunctional families and the impact that this had on us, but we are not powerless over our future. Change and healing will occur if you seek it. I promise you, I bet my life on it. It's not going to happen overnight, but it's going to happen if you fucking stick with it. So 
Don't be a number two. Be a number three and do the damn work. So in closing, I want to read the step two prayer from the AA Big Book. It says, God, fill that in with whatever you want, universe, higher power. God, I am standing at the turning point right now. Give me your protection and care as I abandon myself to you and give up my old ways and my old ideas just for today. I use it on behalf of the miserable, lonely, and depressed, pathetic, poor, unfortunate souls in pain, in need. This one longing to be thinner, that one wants to get the girl, and do I help them? Yes, indeed. Well, that wraps up today's episode. As always, Thank you for listening. And I hope you heard something that you can relate to. You know, I I still have this like tiny faulty fear about the solo episodes that no one just wants to listen to me for the entire time. But um, yeah, that's I think that's probably really not the case. Uh, So let me know what y'all thought. Um, And next week, I'm going to be talking to Joe Ryan by request. From all y'all, we're going to have Joe Ryan back on the pod. Um, you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Adult Child Pod. If you want to help a girl out and support the pod, you can join the Patreon or you can buy me a coffee. Um, and please hit me up. I love hearing from y'all. So uh, that'd be it. I'm going to see you next week for another great episode. It's going to be super raw. It's going to be super vulnerable. And I am super fucking excited for y'all to hear it. It's going to be a goodie. I promise. What's holding on to? Just let it all go. What's making you slow now? Just let it all go.